He's a sulky, over-funky, kinda hunky superhero. Hot to piston and electrically transistored superhero. An exotically neurotic and aquatic superhero. The Marvel superheroes have arrived. Hello and welcome to Marvel Vision, a Marvel Studios TV show podcast brought to you by Cinema Sangha. My name is Devin Faraji, one of the hosts of this show. Joining me as he traditionally does. My name is Derek Faraci, and I called her yesterday. It should have been tomorrow. How are you, Devin? I'm good. How was your weekend? Uh, I was good. I spent a lot of time playing uh, uh, Midnight Suns. All right. We talked about Midnight Suns on The Bad Batch, which is the incorrect podcast to talk about Midnight Suns. So let's talk a little bit about Midnight Suns here. For those folks at home that don't know, Midnight Suns is a new newish. It came out at the end of December. I think so. It's a Marvel video game. And... Um, it is functionally one of the weirdest video games I've ever played. Yep. I love it. I and love also, it so I think much. it's the, it's the only game that I think actually captures what people like about the Marvel movies and characters. Yes, I would agree. At least the only game I've played. Except, well, the the, the Spider-Man games do a good job, but that's just Spider-Man, right? That's just Spider-Man. And there's like yeah. a different thing about the Marvel Universe that what people like about the Marvel Universe. Yeah. And the thing is that in this game... You are playing a brand new character who's never been in Marvel before, and you join a team of supernatural-oriented heroes called the Midnight Suns who team up with the Avengers, and they end up living together in a place called the Abbey, which is in a multidimensional uh, – has a multidimensional existence, and you run missions. The missions are that your mother is a demon queen, and she has – working with Hydra to – I don't know. I'm not even sure what she's doing. Um, on and bring about it, the end of, of reality. There you go. Yep. And there's all these missions that you have to do, but that is not really the point of the game. The point of the game is that when you're hanging around the Abbey and you are making friends with and hanging out the, with the other superheroes and getting to know them and doing activities together. Yep. Um, and uh, there's like different, a clubs. different clubs. Different clubs. <laughs> Yeah. You can buy people gifts. You can give them compliments. You do hangouts yeah. with them that you hope are good hangouts based on their personality. Um, yes. So, you know, I was surprised. I did meditation with Blade, and he didn't like it that much. No? No, I was very surprised by this. He complained about it the whole time. Hmm. He was like, I'm a man of action. I'm like, you just gave me a speech earlier in this game about how you have to be centered and whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. I thought he, and there's another scene right afterwards where he did yoga with me. So I was like, oh, why would he not want to do meditation? <laughs> <clears throat> but yes, you do yoga with blade. I mean, like that is the kind yeah. of game that it is. The, 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 the action itself, the fighting is a card based system where each hero has a deck of cards that represent abilities. And then you can play the, you get, you have a hand of seven cards that you draw from your deck and you can play those abilities each turn within the game. Um, it's not that great a fighting system. It, it's Apparently like, it's an amazing fighting system. If you're really into card games, because <laughs> I was looking on the, on the Reddit for the game and there are people like, look what I did. I got this card up to like, 10,000 hit point, like damage points. It's like, how the hell did you do that? <laughs> so it's there for people that are really good at strategy and, and card game stuff, which I am not good at. I don't like the card game aspects. I don't like having abilities that I'm like hoping show up. Yes. Yeah. Or you so, run into a thing where you, all your abilities cost hero points, but you don't have any hero points and you're just like, well, I can't do anything. Yeah. You're stuck here. Yeah. 
you know, or you end up with a hand where everything is like defensive or something like that. There's just nothing yeah. to do. And that's yeah. sort of frustrating to me as somebody who's a little bit more of a button masher as a game player. Yes. Um, right. But uh, it's a, I just um, – when I began playing the game, I began um, planning magic – her surprise part, birthday party. Uh, magic, of course, with a K. Uh, remember the New Mutants creates uh, uh, portals to Limbo. Daughter sister of, of Colossus. Or um, the sister. I said daughter. Jesus. No, sister of Colossus. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then today I finally had the party. Oh, very nice. How'd it go? Poorly. Yeah. Did you not have the party? I did. Oh, okay. It went poorly for you, I'm assuming. Well, it depends on what you chose to do. What did you choose right? to do? I told her. And so did I. Okay. Well, there you go. Still went poorly. She still fucking sulked off to limbo. Yeah, but then you go hang out with her in limbo. Yeah, I'm saying I think that there's no way that it doesn't go poorly. Yes, but but I think how much she trusts you depends on if you tell her or not ahead of time. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I would have liked to have seen that come into play a little bit more. In yeah. this, it says you told me it would be smaller, so that's like their explanation because they only want to do one scene. Do you know what I mean? They don't want to create seven different scenes. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but the important thing I want to bring up here is there's like I've been playing video games for a long time. And there's a kind of video game that I really like, which is a video game that has a story that is largely on rails, yet the story itself is surprising. Yes. And this game is like that. Yes. Because um, yep. it's not just like I have to go here and meet this guy and then grind to get this weapon. But what it is is there's story points that happen, and I have some limited – mostly making friends impacts your battle mostly. Like It's like you get better combos and stuff. You get better combos, you get more strength and stuff like that by being friends with people. Yeah. But I think the story stays, stays essentially the same, but the story is pretty well told. Yes. And I, it's an interesting story, and it's taken a number of twists and turns that I wasn't expecting. Yes. Which the story is well told, like, the characters are well fleshed out. And they're really well fleshed out within Marvel lore. Yeah. Although there, I ran into a problem with Wolverine, which confused me. What's that? I did a scene with him, and he talked about how he's a teacher at – at the X-Men Academy at Xavier right. school. And then the next scene, he was like, I haven't, I haven't talked to the X-Men in years. <laughs> I was like, what? You just told me you were teaching there. What's going on? So that was a little weird. I wonder if he means the OG team that he was on. Well, he, he, he said, he says like him and Chuck, me and Chuck, we had an, a problem. It was my fault. And I haven't gone back ever since. Oh, really? So, That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know if Xavier was alive or dead when he was teaching at the school. That's a, a little bit of an older continuity. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I don't Peter know. Parker taught at that school for a minute. Yes, he did. Peter teaches everywhere. I thought it was pretty he interesting taught, that he, he taught, taught for the Fantastic Four. He taught like the Future Foundation. He taught there. He's been everywhere. He's been part of every team. He's Spider-Man. He's got to be part of every team because he's a loner. Uh, <laughs> but we both really like this game. And I, what's fun is this is a game I can play with my girlfriend. Because yes. when it, there's so much of the game is about hanging out and making like conversation that yeah. I can bring her in on like, okay, which one of these do I say? Yeah. Yeah. Have you done much, much exploring of the grounds? I have gotten the second power word. Okay. And so reveal, I've, right? yeah, revealed. So I have done some ground. Now, I have not explored that much since I got the second power word. Okay. I pretty much explored the grounds. Like the word that was available to me at the opening of the game pretty yeah. well. Um, although I had a real problem. So we, you know, if you've been listening to these podcasts, you know that 
we had a family medical crisis. And uh, Brittany's come home, but she's pretty much mostly bedbound. And so what I did is I bought a TV for the bedroom because we didn't have a TV in the bedroom. Sure. Um, so I put the TV in the, I brought the TV to the bedroom and then I brought the Xbox into the bedroom so I could hang out and play. Yep. And I did not, I started playing Midnight Suns and it never told me that I needed to be online. Okay. So I just didn't hook it up to the internet because in the living room I have it on the ethernet cable because I play too much Call of Duty and you really need that cable connection. Sure, sure. But like for Midnight Suns you can do uh, Wi-Fi, it doesn't make a difference. But yeah. I, it didn't tell me that I needed to be online. Turns out you need to be online. It won't save if you're not online. Really? So I played a whole fucking bunch of this game, and then I came back, and nothing had saved. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, it really sucked. I mean, so I had to go back and, like, go through all these conversations again. (laughs) And I had to go – I had to remember where I explored in the grounds. And it becomes confusing because, like, you recognize a place, and you go, well, I've already been here. Wait, have I been here, though, this playthrough? Because I did not save the progress. Yeah. And, And it's a very Metroidvania kind of thing with the grounds where you keep going back to the spots and find new stuff. Right. Like you get the reveal and now you can reveal new areas that that will open up or, you know, then you get the next power and that also opens up more areas. Well, That's I think they also put stuff in places you've already been. Is that, am I, am I right about that? I think so. But like I'm pretty new, sure the times I found like paintings and spots I'd already hit up. Yeah. That's the thing. I feel like yeah. I found like journal pages in places that I've already been. Yeah. I'm not sure, but I feel like that's what happens. I think I've done all the mysteries in, in, in the Abbey, but I'm not, it, it's hard to say because I don't know how many there are. I've been doing more um, playing missions than I have Abby stuff. Okay. I've, I've started to do a lot of missions now because I've done all the Abby stuff, I think, as far as I can tell. And then I'm trying to get everybody to Five Hearts Best Friends. And that's proving to be... And I'm also... I, I hit the point where I got like special light side armor. So now I'm trying to get the dark side armor. So I have to be mean to, to people all the time too. <laughs> <laughs> so I can reverse my light side to the dark side. And, and that can be a little rough. When you're, when you're uh, trying to befriend people. Like, yeah, I can imagine. Magic. magic really likes it when you're mean to her, which is magic likes it. Uh, therapy. Nico from the runaways likes it when you give her the dark answers yeah. too. Yeah. Um, you got to know which characters kind of want the dark answers. I have a real problem with Captain Marvel. Here's the secret. None of the Avengers do. Well, that's true. None of the Avengers do. I have a really hard time with Captain Marvel because she doesn't want the compliments either. Yes. She gets very upset by compliments. She kind of maybe wants like the neutral responses a lot of times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, although I'll tell you something. I was playing before and I was having a conversation with Dr. Strange and he was a real asshole. And I usually I just – Dr. Strange. Well, usually I just, I just kiss their asses in the responses yeah. so I can get the points. Yeah. But he was annoying me so badly, I yelled at him. <laughs> I, I yelled at strange a number of times. I, I gave him the, I gave him the bad answer, the the yeah. dark answer. <laughs> yeah, I've yelled at him. I've yelled at Tony a couple of times. Yeah. I feel like Tony wants to fuck me. Yeah, I, Tony. I they were actually doing something very interesting with Tony that I kind of wish they had done in the movies, which is him being so freaked out by magic, right? And like being like, I don't understand this. I can't wrap my head around it and him not handling that well. And I think that's very interesting. And I wish they had done something like that in the movies. But alas, they did not. Yeah. I mean, 
it is an interesting. It's 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 a it's a comic book accurate with the movie stuff mixed in because the guy that does Tony's voice is just doing a Robert Downey Jr. impersonation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And the guy who's doing Doctor Strange is doing a Paul F. Tompkins impersonation. For he hundred percent is hundred <laughs> percent. So you have made. I was like, is that Paul F. Tompkins? You have made your Hunter look like you. Yes. Hunter is the name of the character. And also his job title. His name and his job title are the same thing. And Which they explain I, in one of the conversations you have. They do, yeah. It was, um, yeah. Uh, my made my hunter look as ridiculous as possible. I have given him a big white beard and like flowing heavy metal white hair, like the biggest hair I could get. Yeah. And um, I like keep Johnny him as – I hair? keep him as – no, like it's like really Even more? big. Okay. Yeah, I'll, yeah. So I'll send you a picture of it. Um, I, I give him, uh, as I, I have him wear as much pink as I can get him in. Yep. Like bright, hot pink. Cause there's like a lot of options for like, you can really change the colors of your clothes. Well, like, pretty, I pretty keep buying level. clothes and I have it set so that everybody wears different clothes every day. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Not costumes. Like when they go in the battle, they're all wearing the same outfits every, every time. But when they're just hanging around the Abbey. Right. So you same. can, you can earn new costumes and you can also earn casual clothes that your characters yeah. and different like bathing dolls. Suits. I have a number of different bathing suits, yes. <laughs> yep. Like, if you're listening to this right now, this is, in fact, as weird as it sounds. Like, it really yep. is. Like, it's a Marvel superhero game where I'm collecting bathing suits for the superheroes. Not just collecting bathing suits for the superheroes, but also collecting gifts and being like, who would like this most of all? <laughs> <laughs> and some of them are obvious. Like, like you right. get, like, a music box called Face It Tiger. It's like, okay, that's obviously for Spider-Man. But then you get, like, you know, uh, like a candle that's just like sandalwood. And it's like, oh, who's, who's the sandalwood person? I got to figure this out now. Well, you I know. buy every gift available every day. Yes. So I don't really have the space to give anybody a common gift. I have a lot yep. of epic gifts. So I'm going to say epic gifts. Yeah. Yeah. There's one I made a huge, who, I can't remember who. You gave Captain Marvel a book. Yes, I gave Captain Marvel a book about Captain Marvel, and she was very upset about it. Yeah, well, I read the description of the book, and I understand why she's upset about it, because it's an yeah. unauthorized biography of Captain Marvel that's, like, really personal. Yeah, but that's why I thought she'd want it. It's one less copy out there. <laughs> I don't know who should get that. Maybe Blade should get that. Probably. Because Blade yeah. has a crush on Captain Marvel in this game. If he's not talking about vampires, he's talking about Captain Marvel. That's what he's All right, saying. so that's Marvel. I, I did give I did give Iron Man the book of Iron Man fan fiction, and he was very excited about that. <laughs> yeah, it is truly one of the weirdest games I've ever played, and I love it. <laughs> very weird. Yeah. I love it. And I gave um, Wolverine a root beers of Canada, and he was did you give him that? Happy. I wasn't sure to give that to him or to Spider Man. I get, I got two of those. I gave one to Iron Man because he doesn't drink, right? So oh, that's a good point. Yeah, and then I gave one to to Iron to Wolverine. And, uh, All right, so that's Marvel. That's Midnight Suns. Do we have any news that is not the DCU announcement that we covered in a special episode last week? Well, we have updates on the DCU announcement. What do we got? Uh, DC Comics are selling out all over the place now because of this. Because James Gunn did something not normally done with these announcements, which was tell people what comics they would all be based on, and uh, that has led to Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. Uh, Grant Morrison omnibuses and Booster Gold trade paperbacks all selling out and All-Star Superman and the Planetary. They're all selling out everywhere. So like Gunn is getting messages from comic shops thanking him. Like, thank you. <laughs> like, wow. This is crazy. Like we're selling out of stock. We're ordering more. We have back orders. Amazon is selling out of them. 
So DC is pretty happy about that, I imagine. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Uh, elsewhere, Gunn did say that uh, the uh, other Superman movie written by uh, uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates. Ta-Nehisi Coates is still in the works. So that is still happening at this point. It'll be part of their Elseworlds lineup. So I got that. That's great news because I was really concerned that that was dead in the water. Yeah, yeah. That felt like a thing that would be dead in the water, but it also yeah. felt like the kind of thing that they would not tell us was dead in the water, but yeah. that they would just let slowly drift away because they don't want to be the guys canceling the Black Superman movie. Yeah. Um, but I'm really excited about yeah. that movie. Gunn said they are eagerly awaiting the, the latest draft of nice. the script. So we'll see where that goes. And then Gunn retweeted or reshared a Instagram thing from Paul Shear. About uh, DC, the new frontier, which you might remember in our special episode about it. I said, I think it's connected to the new frontier. You sure did. And uh, Paul Shear and his picture said, everyone should read this. I have a feeling it's going to be very important. And Gunn shared it. So, wow. There you go. And also, as somebody pointed out on Reddit, uh, chapter four of the new frontier is called Gods and Monsters. Well, there you go. So, yes. Uh, moving on from that. Uh, get ready for the Super Bowl. We're gonna have trailers for Ant Man. There's one other announce. Uh, there's one other update you didn't include. What's that? Looks like James Mangold is directing Swamp Thing. Oh yes, yeah, I forgot about that. James Mangold immediately after this announcement tweeted a picture of Swamp Thing, yes. uh, and which is about as good a, a, a confirmation as you're gonna get. It sounds yep. like they probably have gone pretty far in the process of of, of hiring him if he feels confident posting that image. Yes. There's something else I didn't bring up that I'm what? enjoying is that uh, Batman on film, the Twitter account Batman on film is heavily implying that Ben Affleck is going to direct Brave and the Bold. And the Twitter account Superman on film is heavily implying that Ben Affleck is going to direct Superman Legacy. Let them, so let them do both. Let them do they're, both. They're, they're having a war. It's <laughs> Batman on film versus <laughs> Superman on film. So it's very exciting. I am going to say, so I want to talk about this Mangold thing. Yep. I am not sold on Mangold for Swamp Thing. Why not? So Mangold's a good director. Yes. Right? I am not an anti-Mangold guy. This is not me saying this is not a good director. What I am saying is that Mangold is a little more down-to-earth director. I would agree. Now, he's doing Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Perhaps we're going to see a whole new side of James Mangold coming out of this. Yes. Perhaps he's discovered his love of fantasy coming out of this. Maybe but his stuff, movies, right? however, they are the least fantastical superhero movies. Not necessarily the least, but they're among the least fantastical superhero movies. The third act of The Wolverine is pretty fantastical and it's also not good. It's not good, right? That's the thing. So once it gets out of his wheelhouse, the movie falls to pieces, kind of. Um, yep. And Logan's incredible, obviously, but what makes it incredible is how grounded it is. Yes. Even as it has superhero shit in it, right? I mean, I'm not saying that it's just a, a straight drama, but um, it's that's very grounded. I don't want a very grounded Swamp Thing. No, I agree. I agree. I want high weirdness Swamp Thing. Yeah. I want a Swamp Thing who grows psychedelic mushrooms on his body. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I want. I don't really want, like, what would it really be like to be made of Swamp Muck? I don't want to know that. I want to know yeah. what it is to be an elemental primal being. Yeah, uh, I agree. 
connected, you know, connected into the universe. Like that's what I really want. So, I mean, maybe, I mean, obviously James Gunn's no dummy, right? So if he's sitting down with Mangold and has decided that Mangold is the guy for this, then Mangold told him something and James Gunn knows Swamp Thing. Yes. That's the other thing. Like he's not like, you know, I guess whatever. He's, he's, he's referencing the right comics. Yes. So, you know, uh, I guess we will see. We will see. Also, James Gunn uh, ruffled some feathers during his press conference. What? How did he do that? By saying that uh, Henry Cavill got dicked over by Warner Brothers, <laughs> and saying that uh, who got mad about that? DC. Well, um, there it was an article in the Hollywood Reporter about how a lot of people are upset about it, and there was a quote from a uh, unnamed rival studio exec who said, this is what happens when you hire a writer and director to, to handle your franchises. So funny. And it's like, really, guy? Really? Okay. You get a little bit of honesty. Uh, yeah. Everybody knows. I, I like to think that guy was wearing, he had like a monocle on the top, and he's like, it's just not done. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, that guy's responsible. Yeah. So. All right, what's our Super Bowl update? Uh, we got Ant-Man, Flash, Fast X, Transformers trailers coming next week. Next next Sunday, I think. Right? So cool. they already did a. Tra- this is not really in the in the wheelhouse of this program, but uh, they did uh, a Transformers trailer already, and I, I yes. watched it. I watched it a couple times actually, um, and then I read online that it was set in the nineties, and I was like, "Are you?" I had no idea. Like I had <laughs> literally no clue. But I mean, I what, what are they going to put in to tell you it's set in the nineties? You know? I don't really know, but it's like so funny that I just could not tell. Like, and, I, and when I watched it, I watched it then another time after reading that, I said, "Oh yeah, these are old cop cars." Yeah, like, uh, but they don't seem so old or like so crazily old that yeah. like it was like you know it's like a nineteen fifties cop car. You go, oh yeah, that's yeah, it's totally a different world. Yeah, uh, but I mean, not much has changed aesthetically since the nineties. It's just very funny, like watching that and going, oh wow, this is supposed to be the nineties. And I don't really know why they're doing more Transformers prequels, but I guess that's what they're doing. I don't know. I, don't know. I guess they've given up on the continuity of that franchise. Yeah, it's just all over the place now right i mean they already had one where the transformers fought nazis so exactly. they fought the, dragon like, or they fought with king arthur like i mean so crazy <laughs> like at one point you're like none of this makes sense these fight every time we talk about one of these movies it sounds like a movie you want to watch and it is a hundred percent not a movie you want to watch no i watched the one with king arthur it was one of the most painful experiences of my life getting through that thing it's so terrible it's, it's so, so terrible it's so long. It's like really long and like all of the weirdness just is not enough to carry you through it. Yeah. Because a lot of the weirdness is incoherent. Yes. So yeah. it doesn't even have like a fun internal mythology going on. It's no. just incoherent garbage. What I don't understand is why the Transformers movie is called Transformers Rise of the Beasts and not Transformers Beast Wars, which is what it, it was the cartoon and stuff was, that they're basing it on was called. And it's a better title, I think. Beast Wars. We got to stop with the rise. Yeah. The rising has got to cease. Everything rises and it never stops rising because usually these movies that are called Rise bomb. <laughs> that's the end of it. We got lucky with, with Planet of the Apes and that's it. <laughs> yeah. um, all right. What else we got for news? Uh, Hit Monkey has been renewed for a second season. Incredible. They couldn't get Modoc 2, but they got Hit Monkey 2. Yeah, a year after the first season aired, they have uh, renewed it. That's, That's wild. pretty weird. That seems weird. But there you go. That is such a tangential Marvel property. 
That is. It's very strange. Uh, Peyton Reed said that Quantumania is more like an Avengers movie in terms of scale than a than an Ant-Man movie. I think it's pretty clear from the trailer. Yeah, I think people are going to complain about this, but I feel like we got two small-scale Ant-Man movies, and if this guy wants to come along and do a big movie now, I think he's earned it. Yes, yes, I agree. I also think it's a good move because it's it's where it's a good way to mix things up for Ant Man, and it's a good way to kind of shock the audience a little bit. Like, whoa! Yeah, I mean, you just want to make it feel a little bit different. I understand. Like, I love the Ant Man movies because of their more intimate nature. Yes, they don't have world ending stakes in the first two, and that's delightful. And I really do like that. But again, I mean, by the time you get to the third one, there is t- space to kind of like get big and get weird and play around, and yep. that feels fair to me. I agree. I fully agree. And if you still want to have some fun, uh, you can now pre-order Scott Lang, Look Out for the Little Guy, the full autobiography. Incredible. There you go. 256 pages. Wow. Yep. Some ghostwriter really earned his keep on that one. Yep. It's got quotes from Bruce Banner in it. So there you go. In the book or on the cover? In the, the breakdown of what the book is about. Hmm. Says introduces the man behind the hero and the hero I call friend, Bruce Banner, fellow Avenger. <laughs> so there you go. This is exciting. They're gonna publish this book, and then this is gonna to lead to 20 years of people complaining about whether or not things in that are canon. It's <laughs> truly <laughs> they're publishing a headache, is what they're publishing. Yep. yep. No, but the book says that uh, Scott went to school here, but in this movie, Scott says he went to school there. Yep. Have fun with that, guys. Have a good time. <laughs> they publish these autobiographies in of Star Trek characters. Yes. And it started a little bit of a headache, but I think that most people have decided. I think the Star Trek novels are so separate from the main continuity at this point. Yeah. That a lot of fans were able to really separate them out. Well, there are so many of them too, right? I mean, isn't there like 500 Star Trek novels? Yeah, there's 500 Star Trek. Oh, there's 500 Star Trek novels, but also there's like a whole Star Trek shared universe of novels. Okay, that they just ended. Really? Wow. Yeah, they they had like an ending of the shared universe. Yeah. Wow. Good. For like them. a multi-book crossover event. Wow. Yeah. Pretty big deal. That's pretty fun. Is it? I, if you're into the Star Trek novels, I would think so. Yeah. <laughs> there are know. people who are in Star Trek novels. I have met some of the writers of Star Trek novels. Um, and, uh, like if I told you, like, uh, imagine the guy who writes Star Trek novels, that's exactly what they look like. It was very nice. It was like super nice to like meet them. Not like gross. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but like very like normal dorky guys, like super, yeah. just normal dorky guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the guys who might work like in an accounting firm and be dorks, you know, like that was like very, it was very nice. Yeah. That's good. Jordan Hoffman, I mean, he likes the Star Trek. He does love the Star Trek novels. He's a Star Trek guy. Um, I met he these guys a at a Star Trek convention. Not a Star Trek novel, but like a shorter book, didn't he? He wrote like a sort of a children's book, a Star yeah. Trek, the Star Trek Book of Friendships. It's a very nice book, by the way. Yeah. And it's an illustrated book, and um, they illustrated Jordan in the book. That is very cool. That's very cool. That's got to be a huge deal for him. Yeah, That's got to really feel nice. amazing to be yeah. in a Star Trek book like that. I bought a copy of the book. It's a nice little book. Oh, very nice. Very nice. There you go. All right, what else we got? That's it. That's all the news. That's it, huh? We've been gone yeah. for a minute. We really, they did not do any news for us, huh? 
Now there's a lot of, you know, I mean, we can go through every day. There's a different uh, rumor of who's being cast as, as Mr. Fantastic. A lot of that going around, man. A lot of that going around these days. Everybody. Everybody has been cast. I don't know if you know that. They've cast 72 actors as Mr. Fantastic. So get ready for a very confusing movie where every shot he's a different actor. <laughs> that would actually be incredible if the problem is that Mr. Fantastic is like trapped between realities and like he's constantly, constantly phasing changing. in and out. Yep. That'd be great. That'd be fun. <laughs> uh, that would be fun. Yeah, but that the, I mean, would be so and, like, yeah, a lot of rumor stuff. Um, I have uh, heard from people within uh, Marvel that expect uh, Reed and Sue to be a biracial couple. Okay. And expect Sue to quite plausibly be a person of color. Okay. That seems to be what the angle is in-house right now. Which would then suggest Johnny as well, unless they're going to do a reverse Fantastic Four-Four, you know, with uh, Michael B. Jordan and Kate Bosworth. What's the, what's the actress? Yeah, no, I know. Uh, I forget. But uh, yes, you're right. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, they might. I don't know. I don't know what the deal. I think that, that they'll figure that out as they go. Um, yeah. Although I think Johnny Storm is a... Uh, as a Hispanic or, or black kid would be pretty great. I think that's terrific. Um, I just hope he's young. They'll do it. I think they'll do it right. Like, like obviously I don't think he can be like 14, but like I'd like it if he's roughly the same age as Spider-Man so that then they can be buddies. I would not be surprised if that's what they're going for. I mean, I don't, that I don't have inside information on, um, but I would not be surprised uh, if that's where they're going, because that's that makes a lot of sense. It gives Spider Man somebody else to bounce off of. Um, it creates a fun dynamic. I mean, yeah, I just it, it it I I could see that being the case. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. I hope so. We'll see. I I personally love all the fan casting for Fantastic Four too. Is where it's like people be like, oh, it should be you know, Dev Patel as Reed Richards, and not a bad choice. Not a bad choice at all, but then they'll be like, and and like, uh, uh, I, I can't even think of an old actor like uh, Dan DeVito as Doctor Doom, and it's like, how were they in college together? Like that's craziness. <laughs> it's always like a sixty-year-old actor and like a thirty-year-old actor. It's like, <laughs> like I mean, like, they don't have to go to college together, but I really think that's an important part of the Fantastic Four story is that Reed screwed up in Victor's mind, Reed screwed up the experiment and that's why he got scarred and whatnot. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I guess they'll see what, you know, we'll see what they go with. There's a lot of room, I think, to, to play around with some of these characters and these setups. I mean, also it depends on what they want to do with doom in the MCU. It might behoove them to have doom be older, frankly. I guess. So you can have an established doom with an established Latveria. Yeah, because that's more fun than a young Doom going along to it. That's why people really thought he he was going to show up in Black Panther too. Yeah, because it makes a lot of sense. You know what I mean? Like that that franchise and Captain America both operate on a global scale, global political scale. So introducing a new nation in that story makes a lot of sense. And I kind of like the idea of Doom being an established world leader when we pick him up, as opposed to following that journey. But but I think you can do that and still have them be like, like you can just have it be like, like, I don't think you need to open it with them in college. You can have it be like 
opening with, with the Fantastic Four getting their powers, which happens years after everything happened with Doom in college. Right. And then, like, when Dr. Doom shows up, he can be like, oh, this is my old college roommate. You know, he was trying to make an invention to go get his mom out of hell. And I broke yeah, it. But, like, I think, like, Dev Patel's a good choice, and he's 32. Sure. So I think 32 is a good age. Early 30s, I think, is a good age for the grown-ups in the Fantastic yeah. Four. Yeah. And that makes Johnny being 16, 18, 19 make more sense, too. Yeah. Because you don't have like because then you let's say let's say Reed's thirty two, Sue's twenty eight, and then Johnny's nineteen. Yeah, that's perfect. a pretty good thing. But but Doom at thirty two running Latveria uh, feels a little weird to me. I, I kind of like it. I mean, I guess he could be older than Reed anyway. I mean, there's no saying when he came to college in America. But you know, I don't know. Uh, maybe I guess I mean it's out of our. I mean, hands it's, it's a dictatorship. He goes in there and he takes it over. This awesome armor and and stuff, right? And that's it. Yeah, it just it just feels very young. It just feels very young. I, I don't know. Fully disagree, but I think it's fine. Um. All right, that's all the news, huh? That's all the news. Boy, oh boy, we just don't get we just don't get that much news these days. Emma Roberts says that her character, Madame Web, is not a superhero and does not have superpowers. Yep. Great. <laughs> I still don't think that movie's real, so we'll see. <laughs> Uh, I mean, they shot it in theory. <laughs> people took photos of them shooting it. <laughs> no, people took photos of them acting like they were shooting it. I'm That's a good sorry. point. Yeah. That's a good point. Uh, yeah, I guess. Um, I'm looking here trying to see if there's anything else really interesting out there. Um, I mean, this website claims that James Ponsult is in talks to direct Wonder Man, but I thought we already had a director for Wonder Man. I thought so too. Although if it's episodes, maybe it's different directors, different episodes. Right? Yeah, I guess it could be. He could direct episodes. Yeah. There you go. Um, Dane and Cretton was supposed to be the director. He might just direct the pilot. Uh, James Ponsolt, I like a lot. Yeah. Yeah, he's a really, really um, I don't know if how I don't know how reliable the story is. It's a weird it's a James Ponsolt's a weird name to drop in a clickbait story. Because um, yes. I'm pretty sure I say it to you, James Ponsalt, and you have no fucking clue what I'm talking about. Nope. Yeah, so. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I get it. Uh, Ponsalt, though, is like a really terrific director who has directed a number of, um, he directed a movie I really love called The Spectacular Now. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know that movie. Okay. And yeah, like he, yeah, so like he has done, he made a movie also called Smashed is really good. Um, his and later movies I have not. What was that? Been having some trouble since then. Yeah, not exactly as much stuff that you might like, but he's on a bunch of fucking TV. um, So it makes a lot of sense that they might be interested. He actually just directed the first episode of Shrinking, which we watched yesterday here. at. That's very good. That's very good. I only watched the first episode. You've watched many of them? I've watched the three episodes that are out. So I watched the first episode. We're going to watch the rest of them eventually. But I'm going to say a complaint I have about the program Shrinking. Okay. Can they get a new music supervisor? No. Every fucking song in that is awful. It yes. is awful. One awful fucking song after another. It is. It is uh, late nineties, early two thousands. Uh, dad, dad music. It's Bill. It's because it's Bill Lawrence. Bill Lawrence has what must be the worst taste of music in all of Hollywood. Okay, ready for a lot of shins. <laughs> That's the thing, right? It's like so <laughs> much of that. But I think it's very fitting for the character. So. 
I mean, I guess, but it's so annoying to listen to. Yeah. Um, like it opens with this really good Billy Joel, the entertainer. Right. And then I'm like, Oh, this is great. This is a really great sign for this program. And then after that, it's just these fucking horrible generic white guy, 2008. Quote unquote, indie rock bands. Yep. All all they do is they make commercials for Apple and and music for Apple commercials and like car commercials. It's all car commercial music. Yes. So I like the first episode very much. In terms of writing, acting, a, all uh, that stuff. It's what I've in the past called rich guy wants to feel sad music. <laughs> That's what yeah, it is. It definitely is that. Yeah. It's so fucking bad. I cannot like, – it really was like by the end of the episode – because there's like 11 needle drops in it too. It isn't like there's like two songs. There's like so yeah. many fucking songs in it. Yeah. And by the end, I was like I am so mad at this show for these terrible needle drops. Maybe they'll calm down the needle drops in future episodes. I don't know. They do not. But – yeah, because it's it's Bill Lawrence, right? So Bill Lawrence, like, you know, he scrubs, and like that's like scrubs music is like unbearable. Yeah. Um. Uh, although, you know, he also did Ted Lasso. This is like kind of comes out of Ted Lasso because Brett Goldstein from Ted Lasso co-created this. Yes. Ted Lasso, I don't think has as many horrible. It has horrible needle drops, but not as many as this show did. No, I think I think because Ted Lasso is a different type of show. Ted Lasso is about trying to hide your sadness so you can't play rich guy wants to wants to feel sad music because mm. it won't fit you know so although we'll see maybe season three is all rich guy wants to feel sad music i mean they put plenty of bad music in ted lasso don't get me wrong like there's no yes. world where i'm buying the ted lasso soundtrack there's just no yeah. planet where that happens there's, uh, so far i will say in the three episodes there is one moment where music plays and i was like fuck you <laughs> so, so, <laughs> say that <laughs> But it's done. But it is a joke when it plays. But I was still like, "No, fuck you." So, <laughs> so we'll see. I do want to say one thing before we get to the um, trivia. So, um, is it that Jessica Williams is fantastic and it's great that she's on Shrinking? No, of hers. Uh, no, it is not that. It is that uh, somebody I follow on Twitter, a big, a big, a big account, retweeted an IGN post about um, MCU's upcoming projects, 15 projects in the next two years. And this big account, who's not a movie account, it's like more of a politics account, but who tweets about movies and nerd stuff, says, told a friend I think Marvel should just not do anything for at least a year or two and give these projects actual time to breathe, but it appears they're doing the opposite. The thing is, Marvel took two solid years off, and it did not change anybody's feeling that there's too many Marvel things. No. Nobody said oh, I feel refreshed and ready for more Marvel things. As soon as Marvel things came back, they said, what, more Marvel things? Yes. And I think that, I believe that the there is too much Marvel is not based on any reality, but is based solely on vibes. Yes. It's a feeling as opposed to an actual real thing. Well, it, it's, it's something, this has bothered me for a long time, is that we see constantly, or I see a lot on, on the Twitter Complaints that all anyone talks about is these big blockbuster movies. All you hear about is Marvel. It's just endless Marvel, Marvel, Marvel. That's all that comes out is Marvel. And meanwhile, we've had like seven horror movies come out so far, like this week, right? Like, but nobody complains there's too many horror movies, but whatever. What bothers me is the same people were constantly complaining that all anyone talks about is Marvel. I don't see any of them talking about uh, Knock at the Cabin or 80 for Brady or meet the Fablemans or anything like that. Like where's, where's all those articles? Where, where's all that discussion? But those, 
you're not going to get the clicks. So nobody writes it. Well, it's funny because something like and also Brady, tweets about it. <laughs> like, I mean, I saw like a number of ironic tweets about 80 for Brady. I've seen people yes. arguing about knock at the cabin. Um, but I think 80 for Brady is a really good example of people that movie comes out and people are like groaning and saying, why would they make this or whatever? And the idea is that like, and they make $14 actually, million dollars opening weekend. That's pretty well, the, great. But the That's other thing though, is that the other thing though, is that when you're complaining, there's too much of one kind of a movie, you need to accept that there's going to be other kinds of movies, including ones you're not interested in. And that, that yes. has to be part of the deal that if, if you want a healthy landscape, it can't just be movies that you're interested in. It's going to have to be movies that are not for you, that are not aimed at you that you don't understand why anybody want to see it, but you can't kind of be mad about it. And people were yeah. like, kind of like making fun of or aggravated by the existence of 80 for Brady. Especially. And, the, and they complain like every movie is just a four quadrant movie. 80 for Brady is definitely not a four quadrant movie. That is a single quadrant of, of old ladies. That's it. Right. That's their, that's all they're going for with that movie. I think it's yeah, great. No. It's, it's terrific. I mean, I, I actually really want to see it. Um, I'll watch uh, it when it hits streaming. I mean, I'm not going to go to theater for it, but I'll watch I was it kind of excited. I, you know, I went to go see uh, book club in theaters. Did you? Yeah. Is that the one where they they read uh, Fifty Shades of Grey? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it was a very exciting experience to go see that kind of movie in theaters because it um, it just like felt like really like a weird movie for me to go see, but also felt like fun to support it. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, the thing is like right now there's like a really interesting, um, diversity of movies that are in the top, I'm going to say top 11 because the number 10 movie is a fathom event. So I'm not going to count it. Okay. But here's the top 11. 11 is plain meat and potatoes action movie, right? Yeah. And so that's like, you know, number 10 is the fathom movies event, which is the season the three premiere season three of the chosen. Yes. I've been watching that on, uh, Amazon, by the way. I don't even know what that is. The Chosen is the first ever multi-season prestige drama about Jesus Christ. Oh, that's what that is? Okay, okay. And um, it's like not bad. Like I kind of am enjoying it. Did you um, go through not, the season finale? And No, the I'm not caught up on I'm not oh. caught up on this is, this is season premiere. Season three, episode on one and two. the numbers it says season finale. Oh, this says episode one and two. I don't know. Um, I'm not caught oh, up on the show. Five million dollars. That's pretty impressive. Well, and here's the thing. That whole show is fucking crowdfunded. Really? Wow. Yep. It's the biggest crowdfunding success in history of movies and TV. Really? Wow. Yeah. And it, it's, it's kind of expensive looking. Um, but I really like it. Uh, it's weird. Um, it's not, it's not historically accurate and it's also not biblically accurate, but, <laughs> but what movies are? Well, that's Every the thing, movie, you know, like and what I, whatever writing's not historically accurate. Well, what I like about it is that all of the characters just talk very modern. Yeah. It's like a real attempt to just do like a, like they just have like modern-y conversations. And um, also like they've decided it's to like low modern where it's going to, I would be really annoyed by it. Or is it modern just like they're not talking like Thor in the comics? Well, it's a little bit of both. It'll be like, like somebody will come in and say something and then one of the apostles will go, somebody woke up on the wrong side of the bed today. Do you know what I mean? Like, and then you can like in your head, like say, okay, they're just translating what would have been an idiom yeah. in Aramaic in the first yeah. century. Um, but they just talk like people, like they're not like trying to make them talk, especially floral or, 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 or big time. They're okay. just talking like guys talking to each other. Yeah. But what I like about it is they've given each of the, um, 
apostles their own personality because a lot of them don't really have personalities in the Bible. And also they're not really going up. Frank, again, frankly, it's not biblically accurate in any kind of significant way. Yeah. But my favorite part is they made, they made, um, they made Matthew, um, like super autistic. Okay. And it's really funny because on the one, like on one hand, I kind of love that. Like the idea that like one of the apostles would be like, uh, neurodivergent, like it feels really inclusive and kind of fun. You know what I mean? Like that's neat. That's like, that's really cool. But on the other hand, the way the actor plays it is like a little, it's like it, it edges on rain man sometimes. And, um, <laughs> He also has a haircut that makes him look like a Vulcan and he's always wearing robes. So also sometimes it just comes across like he's kind of a slightly dim Vulcan. <laughs> it's like very strange. And, but I, but like, I love the premise, like the idea of like, let's make, let's make one of them autistic yeah. so that people can see their own experience in these characters, I think is really wonderful. Um, but just the way that they play it is just not, not so hot. Okay. Anyway, number nine is Pathan, a Indian movie. Number eight is Missing, sort of the sequel to Searching. I guess there's like a continuing world-building element to that. Uh, I saw Missing. I saw that opening weekend because I love Searching. Is there like a real connection to Searching or no? I'll tell you what they do. Spoilers for Missing, for the opening of Missing, like literally the opening. This is the opening scene of Missing. I got so pissed in the opening scene because it starts off showing like the ending of Searching but it's all different actors and, wow. it's, and it's like filmed like a regular movie. And then it pans out and you see that it's the main character of searching, watching a movie about missing. That's actually incredible. Yeah. Yeah. She's watching it or a Netflix series about, about searching. That's incredible. I was like, I was like, That's amazing. That's great. That is great. I thought that was amazing to do. Top five all time ideas. That's such yeah. a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, that is genius and then uh, i i didn't like missing as much as i like searching i think searching was better i i think the story worked better in searching i think missing is a little they have to move it a little too quickly i feel like to 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 get things running right you know where like th- that kind of felt weird to me where searching i, I think it, it fit better where just the flow of it and, and this it didn't work as well for me and and because of the format of the movie, the the main character, she's just in her home most of the time while like other people are running around doing stuff. I was like, wow, that's kind of, a, that's kind of weird, but, but I did like um, it. I did, I did enjoy it. I thought it was a good little mystery. Number seven is Megan. Yep. Uh, number six is a man called Otto, which again is which another, is not very four, well. and it's not a four quadrant movie. It really is nope. older audience aimed. Yep. It's a remake of a French film, right? Uh, it's a, based on a novel. So it's, a, it's also an adaptation of a novel okay. and it's, I believe it's a, it's a, a Nor- Norway movie because the character's oh, name is a man, in, the, in the original, I was a man called Ove. Yeah. Which is not a French name. No. <clears throat> um, five is okay. BTS. Uh, four is Puss in Boots. Three is Avatar. Two Who's is 80 BTS? for Brady. BTS is the like Korean the band? boy band. Okay. Yeah. Okay. They have a, they have a concert movie. Yeah. Uh, four is Puss in Boots. Three is Avatar. Two is 80 for Brady. One is Knock at the Cabin. That's a really diverse. In fact, my argument is that there's maybe too many horror movies on this list of top 10. Yes. And if you that go down one more, you get Infinity Pool uh, right. after playing. So. Right. So my argument is that maybe there's too many horror movies. But in general, I think, you know, this looks like a really healthy diversity of films here. Yeah. I would but agree. nobody ever wants to talk about that. They want to complain that 
Um, there were three Marvel movies last year, the last of which came out four months ago, and the next of which is not coming out for months and months and months. Um, and that's too many of them. Yep. And I know I feel like I'm like simping for Marvel over here, and a little bit I am. But I just find the whole premise just aggravating because there just is not this endless fire hose of Marvel stuff. No. And a lot of it's easily ignorable. Yes. Yes, I agree. And, and a lot of it, a lot of the feeling of it comes from just people online talking about it all the time. Right. Like if you step away and you're not on Twitter, you're not going to hear the 20,000 people who, who have been supposedly cast as Reed Richards. Right. Right. You're, you may not even know yet that they're making a fantastic four movie. You may have no clue if you're not really paying that much attention to it. Right. So, you know, it could come as a shock to you when the trailer drops. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're going to get we're going to get Ant-Man in a couple of weeks and that's going to have been four and a half so months since Black Panther. And then <clears throat> we're going to go to May and then July and then that's it for the rest of the year. And then it's going to take almost a year to get back into Marvel movies. Yeah. I mean, like but it doesn't seem four DC movies this year too. So we have four DC movies. I mean, that's a whole different matter altogether. You know, like that obviously, you know, um, is a whole different matter. But yeah. within this particular thing, Marvel should take a year or two off. Well, they did. They actually took a year or two off. Somebody replied to me and said, well, <clears throat> they did it because of the pandemic. Yeah. And it's still, it's still no. two years off. Yeah. They still did it. <laughs> and also they did it off. at the, they did it at the exact point that you would take time off. Yes. Right. after They ended uh, Endgame. right. After, well, it's after Spider-Man. Okay. Yeah. Which was the sort of the palate cleanser from Endgame. So like Endgame comes and Spider-Man has this little light, adventure that follows up a little bit from the events of Endgame, and like yep. that's what they say in the beginning of that movie we're never going to talk about this again and then marvel then that does nothing lying. but talk about it <laughs> but like yeah. that felt like a good spot like if you were going to take two years off that might be where you do it yes yep. and then that just happened to be where they did it yeah so i don't know i mean, again i'm not trying to be uh, uh simping as the children say for the Marvel studios. Uh, however, it just doesn't seem that crazy to me. Like it just doesn't seem like that big a deal to me. I, it's not. And it's, it, it really does annoy me when people are like, there's too much superhero stuff out there. And it's like, first off, you're not legally obligated to watch all these things. Just go right. live your life. It's fine. And, and the second, there's really not that much when like compared to historical dramas compared to, you know, uh, horror movies, there's very, there's nowhere near the same amount. Like a vast difference in the amount of, of these things that come out. The difference is that these get a lot more coverage. That's it. So again, if you just don't, if you don't spend all day online, you're not going to see this stuff as much. You know? I'm going to actually argue that it doesn't even get as much coverage as you might think it gets. I, think I had somebody, I had somebody, I was chatting with somebody on Twitter about man thing. Yeah. Oh, that's what I was about Beta Ray Bill and how Beta Ray Bill's head is on a building in Thor Ragnarok. And yeah. then somebody dived in and said, oh, there also man things on the building. He's technically in the MCU. I said, well, no, he's definitely in the MCU because he's in Werewolf by Night. And this guy didn't know that. Like, they're just like, like people just didn't know that, that existed, kind of. Yeah. It actually is not even listed on the fucking Wikipedia for Marvel Studios Phase 4. That's weird. Yeah, isn't that really interesting? I mean, like, so, like, there's, like, you know, and then, like, even the other stuff, like, I don't think Moon Knight got beat into the ground. No. You know? I don't think Miss Marvel got beat into the ground. She-Hulk came close, but that's because people were being real jackasses about yeah. it. Yeah. 
Well, I, I do. Th- I mean, there is definitely a slowdown in Marvel interest and coverage just because and people are like it's superhero fatigue. It's like, no, it's because they become normal. Right. Like people are used to it now. The, the There's a level of excitement that has gone away. And I don't think that's fatigue. I think that's after Endgame. I can't imagine Marvel was like, we're going to keep going higher. Like they knew, OK, now we're going to hit a, a, a downward period where we're going to rebuild and get to the next peak right like right so the thing is that right as these as these characters begin crossing over you're going to see this interest spiking back up yes yeah um i wouldn't be surprised if secret invasion or loki sort of begins a spiking up of interest i wouldn't be surprised if ant-man does i mean ant-man could because it really is kicking off phase four right i mean phase or phase five phase four Phase five, phase, phase four, five. Ended yeah. four, yeah, I'm sorry, with yes. Wakanda forever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I don't know. Anyway, do we have trivia? We do. What do we got this time? Um, let's see how this. Let's see how this trivia goes. I'm interested to see if you can get the answer to this one. Okay, let's find out. Who are the primordial beings that are responsible for the creation of the Infinity Stones? Is there a list of options? Yes. Okay. Oh, you want me to give them to you? Because that gives it away. Because I can't remember. Is it, is it going to be the Celestials? No. At least according to this, it's not. Because I would say yes. <laughs> but this is otherwise. Uh, the options are Caps, which I guess is both Captain Americas. They created them. Okay. Uh, Hulk. Okay. Cosmic Entities. And Tony Stark. Is it Cosmic Entities? <laughs> yep. Wow. Incredible. Yep. How could you possibly get that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. What kind of animal does Captain Marvel befriend? Uh, it's a cat that is actually a... I can't remember the name of the species. A splurgle or something, right? Yeah. It's just yeah, as a cat. A glurps. Yeah, whatever yeah. it is. Who provides the, the By the way, if you want to talk about maybe like the signs that Marvel maybe is running out of steam a little bit, it is the absolute inability for that cat to make a dent in the popular culture. That they maybe, tried so hard. They tried so hard, and it just did not work. I think it's because that movie was just not very good. Also, the cat was disgusting. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, Groot had no problem. Groot has absolutely no problem breaking through. No, but the Groot happened a long time ago. That's true. That's Groot true. already broke through. So the cat, they were hoping for the next Groot. And then I think, or, you know, that didn't take yeah. off. The, the cute animal from Shang-Chi didn't take off either. No, no. Because I also don't think that that was cute. <laughs> it looked like a headless pig. It was creepy. It did look like a headless pig. Yeah. All right. What's the next one? Who provides the voice of baby Groot? Uh, Vin Diesel. That is correct. You sure it's not Harry Style? I mean, that's he, one of the answers. I mean, he is he is Star Fox. Nope, nope, not Harry Styles. Harry oh, Style. Harry Style. <laughs> Harry Style. <laughs> uh, is that three of them? That is three. All right, so I guess it's time to talk about the season one finale of X Men: The Animated Series. Here we go. Let's do it. X-Men, the animated series, season one, episode 13, The Final Decision. For the first time uh, watching the show, I actually needed the previously on. It's been a while. It's been a minute since we watched an X-Men. Yeah. 
so I needed the previously on, which brought us up to Senator Kelly being kidnapped by Magneto. Yes. And uh, we have uh, my synopsis here that I have. I don't. Ha- I didn't take any notes, and I have a synopsis here. And it's very bad. Uh, so Magneto's brought Ke- Senator Kelly to a, uh, a half-sunken ship. Yes. And he's going to kill him after delivering a really lengthy speech about why he needs to kill him. Uh, I thought it was very funny that he take he, he's going to kill Kelly. Why take him away from his office? Why not just kill him in his office? I don't know. I don't know. I do like that we get the flashback and watch Magneto be there, and he's just a peeping Tom. He's a window. peeping Tom outside the window watching it all happen. It's so funny. It's like, Ooh. <laughs> it's like I just weird. wanted to watch. Yeah. Um, he has this very long speech to Senator Kelly, including one where he talks about how having been a child in a war torn country, he promised – he saw people being executed and said it would never happen again. But turns out he has to do it himself anyway – because this war has to happen. This war has to happen now because the mutants are strong and the humans are still divided. Yes. So this is the opportunity for mutants to strike. I would argue the mutants are also divided. <laughs> I would <laughs> also argue – yeah, the mutants are quite divided. Yeah. Um, they uh, – he's uh, talking, 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 and then he is just going to crush Senator Kelly with a piece of the ship. And as he continues talking and yapping and yapping and yapping, uh, about to drop the piece of the ship on Senator Kelly – uh, a sentinel hand busts in and grabs the piece. And uh, I was like, how dare you come here as robots? I'm the master of magnetism. But they're plastic now, motherfucker. Yeah, the sentinel's like, we're made out of plastic, jerk! You got nothing uh, so, on us. So I have to, I have a little bit of headcanon. Yep. In previous episodes, the X-Men have really had to bust a sweat taking out sentinels. Yes. In this episode... They leave Storm I and Rogue to tackle 1,000 sentinels. <laughs> Literally, one th- they say it's 1,000 sentinels. <laughs> the plan is to leave them alone with 1,000 sentinels. Yep. Uh, so I have to assume that the plastic makes them a little bit weaker. I would think so, yeah. Is that, that makes the art? See, now here's the thing. In the modern day, we have very strong plastics. Yes. And so um, they would not be necessarily all that much weaker than the metal sentinels but however i'm gonna have to use that as my headcanon because it is nuts how long rogue and storm just hold off a gazillion fucking sentinels for quite a while um so the senators take senator kelly to master mold and senator kelly's like good deal well you skip Uh, some stuff what did i skip at the x mansion they're watching on tv about senator kelly being kidnapped and Wolverine's like, and they're like, mutants have taken Senator Kelly. And Wolverine's like, how can they blame us? We saved them. And then, and then Xavier goes, yes, but he was kidnapped. <laughs> it's like, Wolverine, you didn't save him. <laughs> like quite the opposite. <laughs> and then, and then Professor X is like, well, use Cerebro to find out where Magneto is, which I don't know how they're going to do that. Cause they already said the helmet block. Them. They said they can't. Right. But that's why they have um, Gambit do Cerebro. So but that's that gambit. Later. I know, but I'm saying that's the thing. Magneto. But I think it has to be like why? Because I don't, I don't know. It doesn't make any no, sense. No, but, but that's that's later after they find Magneto, they come back and they do the thing with Gambit. Um. Oh yeah, they do find Gambit Magneto through the cerebro, don't they? Yeah. Although I will say, when he's fighting the Sentinels, his helmet gets knocked off. So maybe that's the truth. Well, that's a good point. He also gets um, he gives new uh, meaning to the term ripped. 
Yes. Because when they find him under all the debris, his shirt is open at his at his abs, his nine pack, <laughs> and they're nine- covered in blood. He's truly yes. ripped. Yes, he is. And it's just his abs that are ripped open. <laughs> it's just his abs. It's so funny. Yeah. There's a couple of weird kinky shirt off bits in this episode. Yes. Uh, but uh, there's also a good bit when they go find Magneto on the boat and uh, Gambit gets like spooked by a sentinel hand. Yes. And then Wolverine makes fun of him. I thought that was really not nice. Most people get a, are only friend of complete sentinels or whatever it says. Yeah. That's what he says. And I'm like, I think a sentinel hand might be scary. It's a robot. How do you know each limb is not independently sentient? And all you can see is the hand. That's It's in yeah. the dark. Yeah. yeah. Truly, truly, Wolverine's a dick. Yes. So Senator Kelly goes uh, to Master Mold and uh, Bolivar Trask is there. And um, Senator Kelly is so happy to have been saved that he agrees um, – that he'll issue a presidential order putting Sentinels in charge of controlling mutants should he be elected president. And um, they go send a Sentinel off to do some shit, and the Sentinel says no. And they're like, wait, what? And Master Mold says, bad news, guys, I'm in charge now. And he says, my first order of business is to put a computer in your head. (laughs) He says, take out Senator Kelly's brain and replace it with a computer. It's so good. (laughs) It is the greatest thing ever. That is great. Um, but it's not just Senator Kelly. Master Mold is sending Sentinels all around the world to yep. kidnap world leaders and then put computers in their brains. Can I tell you who my favorite world leader is? Is it Andrew Houston who has his nameplate in his bedroom? even know why they did that because am i supposed to see andrew houston and go oh of course it's world famous leader andrew houston <laughs> like I'm so funny is he supposed to be sleeping in his office i guess i don't know it's so funny between that and, and the british un ambassador guy who's got like a top hat and a monocle i was dying well, I mean, they're hitting all the stereotypes because they yeah. have like they have like an OPEC guy, like a, yeah. a, an Arab sheik uh, in, in the back of a limo, and they the have like an African. Woman. You know what that guy was doing? <laughs> exactly, yeah. very problematic. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we don't actually follow up on these guys. No, we never see these people again. <laughs> they, like, is this supposed to be actually happening? Down there, when they blow up everything, they could all be dead. Is this actually happening, or is this just like sort of like a, this is the plan? I have no idea. I have no idea. Not a clue. Not a clue. The X-Men have Magneto back at the mansion. And it does not seem like a good idea to me, but I guess I don't know what else they're supposed to do. Leave him to die? He sucks. Try to murder them? I mean, that is an option, right? I mean, like, I'm not sure why they're saving him. I guess you have to. They're the X-Men, right? I mean, like, uh, that's like one of those things. There's no discussion about it, which is interesting. You think there's no discussion? It does feel like an opportunity for Wolverine to object. Yeah. But this is a pretty packed episode. So they don't really have a lot yeah. of time to have like conversations in this episode. No, no it moves pretty quick. Um, but I do. it's interesting they don't have some kind of facility designed to handle Magneto. Yes. He's just hanging out with them. He's just in the fucking med bay. Yep. And he's able to just get up and put on his helmet later on and just walk around the fucking facility. Yeah, they all leave him there. They alone. leave him there. <laughs> You're like, uh, there's some food in the fridge. We left you 50 bucks for pizza if you get hungry. <laughs> like, that's like Magneto's like a top five guy I don't want to let leave in my house. I just, I just don't, I don't trust him. 
No, no, at all. especially this Magneto. Like maybe there's other iterations of Magneto and other like evolutions of Magneto. But maybe I would. But this yeah. current Masters of Evil. I mean, uh, Brotherhood of Evil Mutants Magneto. No, no way. Not no. not a not a chance. No way. Um, they uh, they need to find uh Kelly, who is now gone, and so they do some mind reading on Gambit. Because Gambit saw a guy in Genosha, Genosha, sorry, um, who they think is involved. And so they they put the three on Gambit and they go through his memories. And his memories includes uh, Ghost Rider. Yes, just Ghost Rider all of a sudden. Very weird. Uh, second Marvel superhero cameo. We had Punisher a couple episodes ago. Yep. On that video game. But We're this is just like. Because we've had plenty of mutant cameos. But I meant like, yeah, non-mutant cameos. Yeah. Uh, but now it's Ghost Rider. There was also a lady who I'm sure I'm supposed to know who she was, and I just did not know who she was. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't feel like looking it up or anything like that. Like, I yeah. just was like, who, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> no offense. No offense to anybody. Uh, but, uh, oh, you know what? I just looked it up right now. I know who she is. Okay. I found out who she is. She's who Belladonna. She? Oh. Donna Boudreaux. I don't know who that is. She's the leader of the Assassin's Guild. Um, oh. and they're the enemies of the thieves guild and okay. gambits in the thieves guild. Um, I'm assuming she's a comic book character, but I'm not really that familiar with her. Uh, anyway, they end up seeing a picture of Henry Peter Gierick and, uh, Cerebro uses his facial recognition technology. Very, uh, very problematic. Very problematic. It really is a civil liberties issue here. Yes. Uh, not yeah. cool. Not cool. Not cool at all. Uh, but you know professor x's whole thing is civil liberties issues and that's actually funny because in the comics they eventually realize that yes and you very rarely get professor x is just a good guy anymore he's always like kind of like a murky gray area guy yeah um which is quite different from what he was initially created as Do you know what's funny also about the original comics i follow somebody on i follow somebody on on twitter who has been reading the early x-men comics like the like the first ones like stanley comics and he says he's been posting images and panels and he's like, every time Jean Grey uses her powers in these issues, it's because a man tells her to. <laughs> and that's exactly what happens in this episode. <laughs> that's what happens in every episode of the show. It's her. so crazy. It's like so she wild. Terrible. <laughs> um, so they find Henry Peter Gierick, uh in DC. They stop him in his car by making it's it snow. <laughs> I love this because they're like, first off, in theory, Storm and Cyclops are hiding, but they're just on the side of the road kneeling down, which is very weird. <laughs> they're taking <laughs> they're a knee. a very good job. And then Cyclops is like, Storm, you have to stop him. And she goes, as gently as the falling snow. And she makes it snow, which then makes Garrick, his car slide out and smash into a tree. That's not gentle. That well, I like... I like also, he goes, snow? What do you mean snow? I'm like, I don't know, dude, look around you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's very shocked by the snow. And I like his um, driver, too. They obviously have, like, some kind of, like, scumbag goon model they used because he's got, like, long hair and this weird mustache. And it's, like, so funny. Um, And then he jumps out. And, by the way, they're on a wooded road. He and then he jumps out of the car directly into the Lincoln, Lincoln, Lincoln Memorial. It makes no sense. <laughs> which Wolverine is sitting on Lincoln's lap, which I which love. A very, it's a great image. Wolverine jumps on him. He has a laser gun that he's shooting around all over the place. Wolverine jumps on him, disarms him, is about to kill him. 
And Cyclops yeah. tells him not to. Um, as they have him down, he gets a good timing, gets a phone call from <laughs> from Trask, who is like, hey, so listen, they're making me put a computer into uh, Senator Kelly's brain, and uh, the, the Sentinels are now going to control the whole world. It seems pretty bad, buddy. And they tell him, you got to help us find this place because, you know, this is now everybody's in trouble, not just mutants. And he's like, you can't stop them. He says, they've made a thousand sentinels. You cannot stop them. And Scott's like, we're going to have to, cause this is not a two parter. So <laughs> this is the end of the season. <laughs> we got about 12 more minutes. So we're going to have to wrap this shit up. So, um, they take off, they have a, a quick meeting about it where, um, Gambit's not so happy. Yeah. He's not that excited about it, but it doesn't really make a difference. They leave anyway. And Jubilee cries because she wants to come. Yeah. Uh, she's she's like, why am I even on the show if I'm never in it? <laughs> what, what upset me? She's like, I'm part of this team too. I'm an X-Men. And none of them are like, our last mission, you fell asleep and, and slept through half the mission. So why don't you <laughs> shut the hell up, lady? All right. Good. She could she could really use some of Beast's attitude, which is I'm just here for the insurance. Like I don't have to exactly. do anything. As long as you're clocking me in, that's all I yeah. care about. Yeah. Because Beast is very happy to be in prison. He loves it. He's having the time of his life. He's having a great time. Yeah. And then they leave and Magneto's like, you fools, you will die. The because greatest are always the first to die. I like that. That was really good. Yeah. Do you think he was using his magnet powers to make his cape flap around behind him? So it looked real cool. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to argue that the, 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 the reason they did that is one, because it's cool, but also because the plane is taking off. Yeah, That's but, my but I mean, like, I'm I'm being serious. Like, if I had magnet powers, I would definitely put like little me- like metal strips in my cape so I can make it do cool stuff. Like I mean, that. he probably does. I mean, that would right? make a lot of sense. Yeah, I would do that all the time. That would make a lot of sense. Yeah, they fly to this farm, which is this hidden location of Sentinel Base. Master Mole, by the way, he got such a big head. He's got a huge head. I really like his head. His big old head. Um, uh, they, 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 they show up in the, in the jet and, uh, master molds onto them as soon as they get there. Um, and our guys try to figure out where they are and they find this like mine shaft. And so a bunch of them go on this elevator down into the mine shaft and they leave rogue and, uh, storm and Jubilee behind. And when they go down, master don't forget that. He's in, but we we don't actually know. We I guess we do because we, we see him in the jet when they leave. He's in the jet. okay. We do see him in the jet. Okay, because I yep. remember when he's when he comes flying in later, and I was like, oh yeah, he's flying the jet. Um, <laughs> it's, it's great because because they're all in the jet, and he's Professor X is sitting at the like at the pilot seat, and they're just sitting there, and then Cyclops hits a button and the jet takes off. <laughs> <laughs> Professor X is not actually doing anything. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. And it's like, uh, like all just coded in it, just self-driving jet. And they just um, hit the button to make them feel better. So they, uh, our heroes go down uh, and Master Mold's onto them though. And he sends all of the Sentinels and the Sentinels, like 200 Sentinels surround this mine shaft and they all wait with their hands out. It's like very funny. And then the empty elevator comes down and all that there is on the elevator is a glowing object. And one of the Sentinels puts his face, he has to put his face, like that's how I am. Like I'm an old man now and I have to take off my glasses and like hold things up to my face now. And that's what the Sentinel does. And he goes, it is the ace of spades. And then it blows up because it's one of Gambit's cards. Yeah. This sends all of the Sentinels out flying out to Not go sure why 
Well, I guess they assume that since somebody attacked them this way, that that person who attacked them must still be up, that they didn't actually come down on the elevator. It just seems like a bad idea. Like, now let's all fly out. Oh, it's a horrible. They're waiting for us to come out of. It's a stupid idea. Yeah. Especially because the rest of the X-Men are just like sitting in a fucking nook. <laughs> Literally like two feet above the, the Sentinels. They got to put some like, I don't know, sensors in these Sentinels. I don't know, like something. Because it's really crazy these Sentinels can't find somebody just sitting right, right above their heads. Um, so the X-Men, the remaining X-Men go sneaking around in the caves. They do like this like funny like Scooby-Doo walk almost as they're walking yes. down, the, down the, the hallways. Yeah. And um, the... Rest of the Sentinels go up top and they fight Storm, Jubilee, and Rogue. And our heroes just like fucking make mincemeat out of them. Jubilee takes one of them out by making him run headfirst into a thing. Yes. But my favorite moment is when Jubilee shoots a water tower and it falls on a Sentinel and she goes, I got one. And then it cuts to a shot of the mine shaft and just hundreds more flying out. And that made me laugh. Like that's definitively on purpose. And that was no, it's a joke. Yeah, it's good. It's a good bit. But I love when she's like the guy's the Sentinel's chasing her and she runs like underneath a low hanging thing. And he yeah, just, she pulls, a, she, she pulls a princess Leia. It's so fucking hilarious. Yeah. Uh, they're so dumb and they're so breakable. Yes. His head just pops right off. But things start getting a little bit hectic up top because there's just so many of them. Like it's not even that they're like – it's not that they're hard to kill. They're very easy to kill, but numbers. there's just an yeah. overwhelming number. Professor X comes flying back and then he gets blasted out of the sky. And it looks like he's going to crash to death. But all of a sudden, Magneto shows up and helps him have a safe landing. He goes, you Down- think I would let you die alone, Xavier? And Xavier goes, I can't hear you. I'm inside of the ship. I can't. <laughs> it is very romantic though. It is very romantic. Very that romantic. is a very romantic thing. Mm-hmm. Um Inside, we will have the best moment of the episode with Xavier. In the um, mine, the team splits up, and um, Cyclops and Jean Grey go off, and they find Senator Kelly, who is about to have his brain cut open. Meanwhile, um, Wolverine and Gambit are putzing around. They run into a whole room full of sentinels and wolverine makes gambit run out of the room and he locks gambit out it's like it's like it's very funny closed door it's like a little latch he puts on yes, it's a, little latch. a little latch uh and then we see wolverine fight the sentinels in a scene that i guarantee when they thought it up was so cool it was amazing it was amazing but, when they thought it up but then in actuality it's a dark tunnel and it's only lit when the sentinels shoot at wolverine but in actuality what's not so cool about it is that all that wolverine does is weird frog hops <laughs> weird hops yeah these weird hops everywhere like they needed to animate a different dodge move cuz it really is dopey looking he's just like <laughs> <laughs> yeah um he manages to take out most of the sentinels but there's one that he cannot take out and that sentinel fucking fries him uh gambit blows the door open and is able to get back into the tunnel <laughs> Just in time to see Wolverine come flying through with his shirt burned off, except that it's he's got he's got like a little collar ring from where his his mask touches his his suit. Yeah, yeah he's still got his mask, he's still got his pants, but his shirt is gone. It's again, but this I is like it. the weird but that's so comic book. That's it so is very comic, comic book. Yeah, you know, I love stuff like that. Um, inside the master mold chamber, Trask is like, you can't replace this guy's brain with a computer. You were created to protect humans from mutants, and master mold fucking outthinks Trask and says, well, you know what? Mutants are humans. Yes. So my, my goal Trask makes goes, no <laughs> sense. <laughs> <laughs> Which was great. Maybe He's like, oh no, I've been a, I've been a bigot this whole time. Uh, he goes, since that, since mutants are humans, my goal is actually to protect humans from themselves. Yes. 
And the best way to do that is uh, controlling you. Yep. It's not a bad argument. And then Cyclops is the best idea where he's like, Gene, pull, pull him out. <laughs> pull Senator Kelly out. Well, I love this because Gene <laughs> turns it well, Trask turns around to have a dramatic monologue, and yeah. as soon as he turns his back on Don Kelly, she just it's slides just him slowly out from underneath the blanket. He's just floating away. <laughs> and it's funny because he does it right in front of Master Bolt. <laughs> well, what's great is literally two seconds he starts to float, Master Bolt goes, what the hell? <laughs> he goes, mutants, and then she immediately drops him. <laughs> He's like seven feet up in the air. She just drops him on the ground. So funny. Oh my God, I'm crying. <laughs> oh, I could not stop laughing at that. Um, when she dropped him, I was like, this is beautiful. This is the most beautiful thing. I love it's it. so good. Um, Trask realizes he's fucked up very badly. And so he turns the laser that he was going to use to cut Kelly's brain open. He turns it to the giant propane tank that they have down there. I guess the Sentinels run on propane because uh, there's a huge propane tank down there. It runs throughout the entire tunnel system, by the way. It does seem that propane. way. Uh, yeah. Uh, and he turns the laser on that propane tank and begins drilling a hole in it. And Mastermind realizes that – Mastermind realizes that it is going to um, blow up and he tries to stop it. But he's not fast enough. It blows up. I'm assuming Trask is killed, although who knows? Maybe he'll show up again in future episodes. Maybe who knows? It's a good comic book end, right? I mean, like we don't see him blown to pieces or anything like that. So, yeah, our heroes get out of the tunnel just in time behind an explosion. Cyclops has to blast a hole in a side tunnel to avoid the explosion. There's a great bit where Wolverine and Gambit are finishing off the last of the Sentinels, and and Cyclops him blasting through the the wall, and he goes, "What's up, Wolverine? Is it your day off?" (laughs) So funny. (laughs) I like that a lot. Uh, he said Cyclops after they get away from the explosion sends Gene up with the Senator and says, I have to go help Wolverine and Gambit. And that's when he Which, runs in. And then he's got like cool, like stuff inside his visor. We see like POV Cyclops. Yeah. He's, he's got, got like, like things telling him where everybody is. I was like, that's, does the, he have that in the comics? Cause that's pretty cool. I don't know. It's a good question. I mean, he probably that's has really it at some cool. point. I'm sure yeah. at this at over 50 years of comics. I'm sure somebody's put a, a, a HUD in his, in his, in his glasses. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was very cool. I was like, that's that's pretty neat. Like he that. goes to get them as the whole facility explodes. Up top, Jean Grey comes out with the senator, um, but without Scott, Gambit, or Wolverine. And Rogue's really upset. She's like, oh, no, where is Gambit? And then just at that moment, she goes, I'm going to go back in, and I'm going to get him. And at that moment, the ground explodes. And, Literally a uh, foot away from her. Like, she could have <laughs> – Cyclops could have killed her. And Cyclops and the gang come crawling out. But at that moment, shit gets real hairy because the mountain explodes. And I guess there was a mountain there the whole time. I don't remember seeing a mountain, but yeah, I guess it was there. But it's real cool when it explodes in front of the green moon. And Master Mold comes out of it, and he's like, I'm going to fucking kill you all. Me. Yeah, he's like, I'm Master Mold. I can't be destroyed, he says. And Professor yeah. X says, you want to fucking bet. And then <laughs> Professor X <laughs> is in the X-Jet filled with explosives. <laughs> like, when did they put TNT and gas? It's what all these kind of say, TNT and gas everywhere. <laughs> Where did they get that from? Like, did he get a special delivery from Acme real quick? Like, what is going on? It's incredible. But he's like, time to do a suicide bomber. Here we go. Like, Professor X is like, I'm going to do a 9-11 right now. That's like his whole plan. I'm going to do a 9-11. And uh, he goes flying at uh, Master Mold, and Magneto shows up and puts a magnetic field around the Blackbird so that uh, Master Mold can't knock it out of the sky. 
Just when it seems like Professor X is going to give up his life to destroy this giant robot, he says it is the evil culmination of he's the, it's the representation of everything evil in man. I think is what he says, something like that. Yeah, something like that. He um he ejects from the Blackbird at the last moment, and uh, he uh, flies off into the air. The master ball blows up, and then I had this moment where I was like, "What is Professor X's plan going to be here?" Because he can't use his legs. Yeah, but they can go grab him. He knows that. Why is that his plan? Because I was like, this is going to really hurt when he lands and cannot like cushion the fall with the use of his legs. He's just going to slam into the earth. Uh, <laughs> but he does get caught by storm. Yeah. So and I like it too because he's coming down in a parachute. And he's like, what happened to Magneto? And then Magneto literally just drops him. He's like, I'm right here. <laughs> um, Senator Kelly, the moon turns into a Kelly for president pin and yes. we see Senator Kelly on the campaign trail saying there's some pretty bad mutants out there but I have learned that they're also good ones and that we have to be careful that when we're trying to control the bad ones that we don't oppress the good ones and yeah. so this is the goal is to create a society that's just and that mutants can live side by side with us and that seems pretty nice that seems pretty good and in fact um, we then cut to Beast who is reading Shakespeare out loud to himself yeah. and musing about Shakespeare out loud to himself when he also says out loud to himself that he is no longer oppressed and he is getting out of jail. Um, <laughs> and that's the moment when the jail cell opens and Jubilee comes running in and is so happy to see him, despite, I think, never really knowing him. She met him once. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't even get, like, episodes where she came and visited him, right? Like, there's nothing. No, like she visits, I think she visits him in prison, doesn't she? With, Does she uh, I feel like Rogue and Gambit do. I thought she did, too, at one point. Did she? I, mean, I don't remember. I thought so. But anyway, wait, he's wait, out of wait, prison. Cyclops showed, or Colossus showed up. Wasn't, didn't she go to prison with them? That wasn't Gambit they go, Rogue? They go to, but they go to see Colossus, and Colossus is in like, the cell right next to Beast. Oh, yeah, I think so. And Beast um, is like, am I still in this jail cell? <laughs> like, Wouldn't they have sent me to a different prison at this point since I'm awaiting trial? Or do I it's crazy. This jail? I don't it's know. crazy. I don't know he's out now. He's finally back on the show. We'll see what happens. Maybe he gets We also see that it's, it's, mid, it's the middle of October because he's got a calendar with X's. There we go. The, the, the dates. So um, earlier, uh, we had seen Cyclops and Gene kiss in the tunnels. It's like the big culmination of their romance. And then no, it's not, now they went on a date. We saw them go on a date. We never saw them kiss. I think though, right? I think we did. Did we? I think they so. played it like a big moment here. They did. Um, but anyway, they go on a picnic, and they. Um, Cyclops asks her to marry him. He says, Gene, will you marry me? And she says, Cyclops, of course I will. I was like, you can't even call him Scott. No, um, no, first she says, Cyclops, if we have children, they'll be hunted and hated just like we are. And Cyclops goes, I wouldn't have it any other way. It's like, really, dude? <laughs> they wouldn't? did a very they did a very nice cinematic thing here where they're standing and it's clear. And then as soon as she starts saying that, clouds pass overhead. Yes. And then as soon as he says, I wouldn't have any other way, the clouds clear. Yes. And then they are now having a picnic and they are in love and they're going to get married. And they're like, boy, isn't life pretty good? I feel pretty good about life. Everything seems pretty okay now. We solved all of our problems. And then we see and then that they're being that is clearly three feet above them. <laughs> <laughs> they should really be able to see that. Uh, we pull back and see there's a camera and then we pull back into a console and somebody says, hey, you think you know your future, but Sinister knows your future. Yes. And that's the end of the episode. They have teased Mr. Sinister for season two. That is the finale of season one of X-Men, the animated series. What did you think? I greatly enjoyed this episode. 
it was goofy. You know, it was very comic booky. I love that there's just this long pipe of, of propane running through this entire tunnel to blow up all the all the sentinels all of a sudden. Propane and great. propane accessories. Yep. Yep. I love that all the sentinels rush back down into the tunnel when, when Mastermind is being attacked. Yeah, that's very helpful. So they can all be down there when it blows up. It's very helpful that their first instinct is let's all of us go back down there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I liked it. I, th- I laughed very hard at multiple points in this episode. Perhaps none harder than Professor X in the Blackbird filled with explosives. It's so incredible. Suicide bombing is amazing. That was great. Truly that, something the, else. The guy's, name, the guy's nameplate in front of his bed. That was pretty great, too. I really enjoyed that. I don't that. know why he had a nameplate for his bed. It was so funny. <laughs> no idea. No idea. Yeah, I loved it. It was very enjoyable. I had a, I had a good time. Like, it isn't like the best episode. Um, it isn't the wildest episode, but it was, again, as, as all the good episodes here are, very fast. Yes, it moves very, very quickly. And every now and again, something truly stupid happened, which really I enjoyed. Like, just was delightful. <laughs> When the Sentinel pushes a train into into Rogue, I thought that was pretty great. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, yeah. Wolverine sit on on Abraham Lincoln's lap. You don't beat that. It's you very don't beat good. That. It's very good. That was great. I love that. There is very very good stuff. There is very very yeah. good stuff. All right, that ends our first season. We're going to go into the second season starting next week with uh, "Till Death Do Us Part" Part One. They're getting married already. That's crazy. They're married already. It's crazy. They're really oh, going. Crazy. They're really going for it. The show really um, moves fast. Yeah, awesome. I mean, it does. Uh, it does move pretty fast. We're going to get Mojo next season. Ooh, that's I think exciting. We're getting, I think we're getting Savage Land next season. Ooh. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about all this stuff because I am a little bit tired of the Sentinels. It's funny watching this, and I was like, man, it's crazy. We never got a good Sentinels movie. Yeah, that's because uh, what's his name Rothman at Fox was against the Sentinels. He it? hated the Sentinels. Yeah, and he would never wanted it. But it was like so crazy they never had it. Um, but now after a, a pretty long season of a lot of Sentinels, I'm I'm I'm, I'm over it now. But it was just funny watching this episode and be like, you know, this really 100 percent should have been a whole movie, like Master Mold and Nimrod and all that shit. Like that's a, that's a, that's an entire movie right there. Yeah, yeah. And it's the kind of movie where Wolverine can like let go and tear things to pieces. Just really rip stuff up. Yeah. In a PG-13. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like, the decision to never do Sentinels was really stupid. Really, I mean, they did I eventually mean, like, they show did up. In, yeah, in, like the last movie, right? They did them. Or not the last one. In uh, Days of Future Past, they show up. Yeah, they eventually did show up. They did like a really quick Sentinel thing in one of the movies when they're in the danger room. Yeah. They have like yeah, a Sentinel like. Yeah. But they didn't actually do it. So. No. Yeah, I don't know. I think they blew it. They blew it real hard on that. They blew that whole entire franchise. Blew, the, the whole franchise was like, there's so much stuff to do with the X-Men. And they were like, what if they just keep fighting Magneto every movie? And I was like, dude, how boring. <laughs> like, like, bring in, you know, the different, I guess when they did, it was terrible with Apocalypse. It was like, this is terrible. That was a terrible idea, as it turns out. Well, they just fucked it up. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they did a very bad job. They did a but, very bad job. Here's something uh, can do better. <laughs> yeah, I, they, they, there's no way they, there's no way they can do worse. Yes, that's true. There's no way they can do worse. That is very true. Um, all right, that is going to be Marvel's it. like we're doing the X Men and we're bringing Brian Singer back for some reason. It'd be incredible. It'd be wild. That is it for this episode. We'll be back again next week with the next episode of X Men: The Animated Series. Pretty soon, we should be moving on to Secret Invasion, although nobody knows when. 
Yeah. Yeah. I thought by now we would have a date. No, it's a secret. What if Uh, they just drop it one week? It just comes out. (laughs) I mean, that'd be kind of incredible. I, you know, they only gave us the date for the Mandalorian, like a month month ahead. Yeah. Yeah, So I wouldn't be surprised if maybe like it's coming in March or May, April. I wouldn't be surprised. Give a little bit of space to Ant-Man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll be back again next week. Until then, we have the Discord. If you're not a member of our Patreon, you should join the Patreon. If no other reason than to come hang out on our Discord. Great conversations, great people, good comic book talk over there. A lot of good folks having a nice time. Yes. Um, good Star Wars it's a, talk, too. Good Star Wars talk as well. I mean, all kinds of video games. There's all the nerdy shit that you should not still be into in your 40s, but you still are. Yeah. And you probably change the Marvel Snap room into just a video game room, I think. I probably will. I think that might evolve over time. Yeah. Although I have a new snap deck I've been using. That's really fucking amazing. So um, I don't know. I've played snap in weeks. I play snap all the time. And now that there's bad buddy battles, I play yeah, against I my girlfriend. No, I, I, I got to I gotta get everybody like me on Midnight Suns. I don't have time for anything else. I play against my girlfriend and um, you know what? She regularly mops the floor with me. <laughs> really? Just embarrassingly beats me. You know why? Why? Me and you, not good at card stuff. No, do you know why? <laughs> because she's got a fucking Wong in her deck and I don't. Oh, Wong. Yeah, so I so I ended up building a deck just to counter her Wong because I'm so fucking go. annoyed by it. Yeah. Yeah, so I have a deck that has a Rogue and a Cosmo so the Rogue can steal the Wong or the Cosmo can make the Wong useless. Yep. There you go. But it, I have two I have two spots dedicated to just neutralizing one of her cards <laughs> because her whole strategy is around Wong. Yep. It's like very frustrating for her to drop that Wong and then just drop some fucking killer combos on me. Oh yeah, well, yeah, look out for that. Um, but uh, yeah, so the Discord you can join that by joining our Patreon at www.patreon.com/slash/cinemasanga s a n g h a. You'll also get access to the Bad Batch, a Star Wars TV show podcast, and if you go to five dollars, you'll get access to Watchmen. We have two Watchmen episodes coming this month because we missed last month again due to the family emergency over here. This week, we're going to be recording Captain America, the first Avenger. And then in about a week or two after that, we're going to be recording Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. So there's going to be a lot of Watchmen content. And then at $10 and above, you get my new podcast called The Force is With You, which is an examination of the places where Star Wars and religion meet and interact. And I swear to God, it's more fun than it sounds. Uh, <laughs> I know, I'm going to ask you something. I know the answer already, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Did you watch that 90s show? No. The uh, what's his name? Uh, the main guy from the that seventy show, Eric Foreman. I forgot the actor's yeah. name, but uh, in in that ninety show, <clears throat> he's a professor at a college, and the class he teaches is Star Wars and religion. There we go. Yep, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm on the moment. I'm on the moment, baby. Yeah, yeah. I'm in the zeitgeist. Um, what's his name? Who cares? Uh, we'll be is back again on? next week. Yeah, I know. Is it Topher Grace? Yes, Topher Grace. Um, back again next week. Oh my god! (laughs) Back again next week. Until then, Derek, where can they find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at wh underscore woolhat. You can find me on Twitter at Devin CF. We'll be back again. Until then, may be happy, may be healthy, may be safe, may be well, but most of all, may you remain a true believer. (laughs) 